So you can keep letting this account compound and grow, and then you can pull it out without having a medical event 20 years down the road because you're paying your past self back. That's beautiful. That is the (laughs) ultimate. I mean, that's why this is the ultimate account. There is an account out there that is probably the most tax-efficient account, yet chances are you're probably not taking advantage of it. Yeah, a health savings account, also known as an HSA, has three huge tax benefits to it. You put money in, you get a tax deduction, which is as if you never even earned it from your job. Mm -hmm. You can then invest the money in there, and it can grow without interest, dividends, or capital gains being taxed in there. And then when you take the money out for a qualified medical expense, it's completely tax-free. There isn't another account that has these three big tax benefits. It's like you combine a traditional IRA with a Roth IRA. You're getting the ultimate benefits of both of them. Right. And it's 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 pretty impressive to me that an account like this that offers so many benefits, most people don't even know what an HSA is, let alone actually contribute to it and actually participate in it. I mean, the stats are pretty staggering in terms of how many people actually use these accounts to its full potential? Yeah, the Employee Benefit Research Institute looks at this every single year. And what they see is that for people that are eligible to open an HSA, only 22% of people actually open it. And then of those people that open it, only half even make a contribution to it. And then of right. those people, what you end up with is only about 6% of people even invest the funds within an HSA. And that's the ultimate way to use it, which is what we're going to go over today is really how to optimize an HSA. But like you said, nobody really knows this account exists. And most of the people that even are eligible for one don't even open it. So who is actually eligible? Do you think the reason why people don't actually participate in this is because they're not eligible? Is it only available to a certain subset of individuals? Like what's the criteria? Like who can participate? To be eligible for an HSA, you have to have a high deductible health plan. And so there's really two key things with a high deductible health plan. One is your deductible. So how much money you have to pay before your insurance co-payments kick in and they help split the bill. And okay. so if you're a single person and you're only getting insurance for yourself, that's $1,400. So your deductible has to be at least $1,400 to be eligible. If it's a family, it's $2,800. Mm-hmm. And then there's an out-of-pocket max. So this is the most money you can spend on co-payments medical procedures, et cetera. This doesn't include your premiums. This is just how much can you spend before you're done and insurance covers 100%. And that number is 7,050 if you're an individual and it's 14,100 for a family. So you have to have these two things to be eligible for an HSA. Right, okay. And so let's say that that you do have those two criterias met. How much can you actually put into... An HSA account. Is there a limit? Is there a minimum? Yeah, there are there are limits. There's no minimum, okay. but there are limits to how much you can put in. And so same thing, it's split up by a single person or a family. So for single, it's 3,650, and this is 2022 numbers. And for a family, it's 7,300. And then if you are over 55, then you can make a catch-up contribution similar to a 401k, and you mm-hmm. can put an extra $1,000 in. Right. So a big concern for a lot of people is the high deductible criteria for this plan. Yeah. And so it's a little bit risky. So there, I guess it does, each situation is different, right? Depends on your own personal health, depends upon your own personal cash flow. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to sort of project out what your health needs are going to be, at least in the immediate term, 
Um, there's a lot of concerns in terms of should I have a high deductible health plan in order to have lower premiums? You know, is there any strategies around that? Is there any thoughts around how you can kind of take advantage of an HSA? Yeah, it's a tough call. I think, as you said, health is unpredictable. And some people just feel better having a different type of insurance policy, right? And they want to have a lower deductible knowing if something happens, the insurance will kick in quicker. Right. But I think the big thing to remember is these are just one-year decisions, right? So somebody might know, oh, I do have a surgery coming up. Take me, for example. My wife and I, we had kids. And I knew, okay, I want to have a lower deductible. I want to get the most coverage possible. And I want insurance paying for as much of this procedure and this situation as we can have. Sure. But outside of that, I personally don't go to the doctor very much. So I would prefer to have a higher deductible plan because because you're so healthy, Peter. I try to be. Yeah. It's because <laughs> I just don't go. I think that's what I my strategy is. Don't go and you're healthy, right? Yeah, there you go. There's nothing yeah. wrong. So I think it just depends on your personal use of a doctor. Mm-hmm. But generally, we see um, the younger you are, the more it's easier to tilt towards this high deductible health plan, right? Right. And you save on premiums. And then the deal with the IRS gives you is, hey, you're, you're going to save on premiums and you're going to have a higher deductible. But you can now use this money to fund an HSA. So that's the ideal way to use it is to still think about not just saving on premium, but use that money saved to put it into an HSA. That's the optimal way to do it. Okay, so let's say I put money into an HSA um, and I accidentally take it out to buy a car. Um, what's the consequences of that? That would be a mistake. You should not do that. That would be 20% penalty. So similar to how retirement accounts have restrictions, an HSA, part of the perk of contributing this account is you get these tax benefits, but there's rules around how you get them, right? So you can't just take it out to buy a car, go to Vegas, go on some vacation. That's a no. So you're going to pay a 20% penalty. Which is steeper than a normal IRA. That's steep, yeah, which is normally a 10% penalty. Now you do, once you get to age 65, they drop that 20% penalty. So once you get to 65, that 20% penalty is gone. You'll just pay ordinary income tax if you don't use it for qualified medical expenses. So now it sort of behaves more like a traditional IRA or a 401 Exactly. It has that default those. kind of backup where even if you don't have medical expenses, it turns yeah. into something like an IRA. But you're going to have medical expenses. Okay. So so let's say I am now interested in contributing to an, to an HSA and participating in it. How can I use this account to the most benefit? Like how can I maximize the benefits of this account? What are some strategies to- Yeah, this is where those earlier stats, right? Of the only 6% of people really use it right. The ideal way to use an HSA is to fund an HSA Mm -hmm. and then don't just have it sit in cash because it can work like a checking account. You'll get a debit card with your HSA for you to go and use and you go buy something from Costco and you can use it to buy your glasses or your eye drops, whatever it might be, right? Yep. Or, or even the filter, like you said, on Amazon. Or yeah, you can use it on Amazon and filter for HSA eligible. So you can use it for a lot of things, but the actual optimal financial way to use it is to mm-hmm. actually not use your HSA when you're young. So you put money in mm-hmm. and you invest those funds. So HSA accounts will have a lineup of funds similar to a 401k where mm-hmm. they say there's 10 different funds you can choose from. And so what you want to do is there's usually a cash minimum you need to have. And each provider will set that. Oftentimes we see $1,000 is that number where you have to keep in cash. Yeah. Anything above that, invest those funds and think of it like a long-term investment, like a retirement plan. Yep. Yep. And say you do have a medical expense. If your cash flow allows it, right? If it doesn't, use the HSA. You got you to use your money when you need to. Sure. But if you have cash flow to pay for it, pay for that out of pocket. And then that way you don't touch your HSA. It keeps growing and building. And that's the way to make the most of all these tax benefits. Because a really unique feature and the best strategy is 
if you pay for, say, a medical event that costs you a thousand dollars, if you keep that receipt digitally and some HSA accounts let you upload the receipt to the account now, keep track of it all, keep track of it Mm -hmm. in 15 or 20 years, you can take money out of your HSA and it can technically count as paying yourself back for that medical expense you got years ago. So you can keep letting this account compound and grow and then you can pull it out without having a medical event 20 years down the road because you're paying your past self back. That's beautiful. That is the ultimate. I mean, that's why this is the ultimate account. And I think very few people know this stuff. No. Right? Finance is confusing. Taxes are confusing. Yeah. Nobody knows even that they have an HSA or what it does, let alone this amazing strategy to build wealth. Well, a lot of people confuse this with an FSA. I mean, I was talking to my wife about an HSA and she's like, oh, well, we shouldn't be doing that because it expires at the end of the year. Yep. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, no, <laughs> no. Very no, common misconception. It's false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Not this time. No, not this time. Very no, common not. misconception. So yeah. I think it would be you know worthwhile to talk about what are the what's the main difference between an HSA and FSA? Yeah, I mean, that's a huge one. That FSA is what people are used to through their employer of a use it or lose it. Right? Yeah. Once December 31st comes around, depending on the type of FSA, you have a couple months leeway of You need to use these funds. Mm -hmm. That's not an HSA. An HSA is yours. It's in your name. Even if it's with your employer and you retire and leave that employer, you can still take the HSA with you like like your 401k. It's not stuck with that employer. It's your account. Um, So HSAs aren't a use it or lose it, which is why it's the best way to keep building up funds. That's how you optimize the tax benefit and the growth of it. And another big thing is an HSA, if something were to happen to you, your spouse inherits the HSA and gets the same exact benefits. So it's an amazing account and not at all like an, like an FSA. Right. Okay. And then what expenses can we use this for? Cause I know medical expenses can be somewhat a loosey goosey term. Yeah. The IRS so. has a definition <laughs> and it's related to kind of the cure, diagnostic, maintenance, prevention of a health event. Now that of course covers anything that would be through your insurance provider, right? You're going to see a doctor. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a medical procedure done. Um, it doesn't count your insurance premium, so you can't fund an HSA and then use the HSA to pay your monthly premiums, but you can do for Medicare. So once you get to Medicare age, you can use an HSA to pay for Medicare premiums. But a lot of people don't realize there's so many other things an HSA can be used for because this is a common misconception is, say you're 25 and you and your family max that over 7,000 out each year. And they think, well, how am I going to, if I build up this fund and I never use it, Mm-hmm. How am I going to use it? But the reality is there are so many medical expenses and they just compound in the future, right? As you age yep. and people oh, don't realize all the time with our clients. Yeah. All the yeah. time. It's, it's not a, it's the opposite concern. It's more of a concern of how am I going to pay for all these medical expenses? I've never once seen somebody that's in the situation going, I've got this giant HSA I'm never going to use. Yeah. I've never once seen that <laughs> ever before. God, I really regret putting so much money in that. Yeah, I regret all this tax savings I had. <laughs> so that's the thing is you've got normal routine medical care and then you have like Amazon has the HSA filter and you've yeah. got tons of stuff from band-aids to sunscreen, eyeglasses, dental work you can get done. Yeah. Um, if you're traveling international, it can pay for your travel to a different place to get care. It can pay for international care. This is a really flexible account that you can use for so much stuff. So- I'm all about tax savings. So we talked about the triple tax savings. Mm-hmm. Now, is there any other tax savings I can get from this account? I want more. I'm greedy. 
What else? More can I tax get? savings from this account. <laughs> so you get your triple tax benefits. Correct. You then have your employer tax benefit. If it's through them, you save on FICA tax. If that's your employer offers it, that's yep. the one. I'm um, looking and again, they yeah. might even have a, a match in there. We constantly see employers now either making a contribution or if you make one, they'll match it similar to a 401k and free money. Never yeah. turn that down. No, yeah. never. The only Potential non-tax benefit are the states of California, where we are, and New Jersey. Thank you, California. You do not get a state income deduction (laughs) when you make a contribution. So they still have those other benefits. But when you put that initial contribution in, where federally, it's like you never earn that money. California and New Jersey say, nope, you don't get a tax deduction. We're adding this on your income. Yeah. That and the fact that they don't have a long-term capital gain tax rate, those two. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I guess bottom line is take advantage of an HSA if you can. I mean, this is such Absolutely. an easy layup. I mean, it, it's on our sequence of savings. Yeah, this is one of our very first accounts we say you put money into. Mm-hmm. So just check your plan. A lot of plans will say HSA eligible on them. So it's just to help you. But if they don't, you can always just call your insurance provider, ask your HR, and just figure out if it is because – as we said, only 22% of people that have an eligible plan actually participate. even open it. And then only half of them are even putting money in. Yeah. And basically nobody's investing it. So nobody's <laughs> using this thing right. So <laughs> no one's using it. Just right. take a little yeah. bit of time to check on your plan. Yeah. I think it's just so confusing for some people. I mean, this is a topic like they may have probably never even heard of an HSA. Yeah. They don't know how it works. Yeah, so right. maybe it's just education. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Just getting people to understand what it is, how it works, and what are the benefits of actually participating in it. So yeah. hopefully this helps. Hopefully you understand a little bit better what an HSA is, and hopefully you contribute to it and invest it. Yep, absolutely. So anything else we need to add? I think we beat this dead horse. I think so. Until next time. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's it for this episode. We appreciate your time, and we'll see you again. Appreciate you spending your time with us. The Wealth Fix is hosted by Ryan A. Hughes and Peter Campbell. We created this show to educate people like you to make smarter financial decisions. If you love our show, please consider subscribing, giving us a five-star rating, and most importantly, sharing this show with a friend. This show is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as investment, tax, or other financial advice. Be sure to visit thewealthfix.com for more information. Thank you.